This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz, and this is episode 136, um, how to uh, look for some great ideas for science fairs. Um, uh, hopefully, you've listened to the other podcast, 135, on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, and that gave you a thumbnail of how to get started uh, with your science fair and what judges look for for winning science fair projects. And a lot of it, um, surprise, surprise, has to do with uh, getting your science fair uh, correct, all your paperwork in, you know, all the boring stuff. Um, but but that is very, very important. So today we're going to talk about finding a great topic and how do you begin to do that. So the number one place you do not go when you're thinking about doing a science fair project is, it used to be the library, and now it's don't go online. Please do not go jump online, go to Google and say, okay, where are the best science fair projects? Uh, because you are going to find some that are overwhelmingly difficult and you're going to say, okay, forget this. Um, we cannot do this. It's way too hard. Um, in this podcast episode on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, you will find show notes. And there I have put some links in uh, to some websites that I feel have some great information for you um, on doing winning science fair projects um, and winning science fair ideas. Uh, one of the things that I found, um, one of the ladies' uh, website it was kind of a cool concept. It's how to do a science fair project in one day. Now, while I don't think any of those science fair projects would actually win, I think it's a great place to get your feet wet, uh, not necessarily to do it for competition, but just do it to try one out and see how it goes. And then you can understand the procedure. It's almost like immersion, you know, people going to a foreign country and all they can do is listen to their, um, you know, MP3s or CDs on that language until they can converse somewhat uh, well. Uh, so it's that same kind of thing where you are going to get immersed in doing a science fair project. Uh, again, not anything that I think would possibly win, but at least you're doing it in the right way. So if you don't find a great topic online or at the library, where do you go? And the first is an area that interests your child. What is your child interested in? Um, if they, if you just ask them, you know, what do you want to do a science fair project on? They're not going to be able to tell you because um, it's very daunting. Unless they've done one before and um, they can figure it out right off the cuff or they're working on a, a second or third or fourth or even fifth year project, um, it's very difficult for them to just say, you know, come off the top of their head and have this amazing project. 
Um, I have a book and it's called An Insider's Guide to Successful Science Fair Projects. Um, I did not name that book. I had called it Science Fair Project Handbook. And the editor of the book decided to change it into that tongue twister, which I actually love. Um, Jackie Persighetti is her name. She's awesome. And um, she helped edit quite a few of my books. And so she wanted a snazzier uh, name for a book. She's also an author. <laughs> so that's where that name came from. But anyway, it is a very small little handbook. Um, I wrote it some years back, but the information is very pertinent. And you will find it on sale at MediaAngels.com. Um, and I think you will find a lot of information in that book on how to do the project well. So um, your best area of interest uh, or the best uh, projects come from an area of interest that your child has, thinking about their experiences, uh, have them begin observing, uh, talk about the concerns of the day. Um, I will tell you one of the big projects always is something that saves energy. Uh, it's always a great um, project. Once you find a topic, you're going to narrow it down and then you're going to present it in the form of a question. Uh, so the topics and categories, I mentioned this in my other podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it again. So the topics and categories are behavioral and social sciences, biochemistry, botany, chemistry, computer science, earth and space science, engineering, environmental sciences, mathematics, medicine and health, microbiology, physics, and zoology. And I think that um, just those topics sometimes can spur the kids on uh, to be thinking about what they want to do their science fair on. Um, there are some handbooks that are no longer in print or are older. Uh, Janice Van Cleve has quite a few books. Um, hers are found in the library. You can get them on Amazon. Um, I think that's a really good book. I have some links um, on this podcast uh, show page. If you go to vintage, sorry, uh, vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and you look for podcast 136, there in the show notes I have some links to other resources. One of my favorite books uh, was a complete handbook of science fair projects by Julianne Bochinsky. Uh, that is no longer in print, but it gave the kids a really good foundation on how to do the project correctly. And I keep harping on that, don't I? You know, why is that so important? Well, it's important because you can do a great science fair project and get disqualified. And that is the most disappointing thing, I think, ever uh, for kids. And that is to have a great project and uh, do a really good job and then be disqualified. In the other podcast I did, I talked about a friend of mine, um, her daughter, who did a science fair project using... Uh, lab rats and so she went to the local pet store and you know her mom bought her these rats and she did her uh, project and so she proceeded to win the, the whole school competition and uh, she went to a Christian school and then went on to regional and then found that her project was disqualified why was it disqualified? Because she didn't use lab rats from a lab, a scientific lab that would have been ordered by the school and um, she would have used for her experiment. Her experiment had to do with microwaving food, which is better for you, food that is microwaved or food that is um, raw. And so what she did was she used, um, you know, regular 
high, you know, dried out um, rat food. I guess their specific kind that she used. And uh, so she heated some in the microwave. And the other she gave to the rat, you know, without heating it up. And um, the food that was microwaved, it changed the molecular structure of the food and it caused the rats to lose weight. And so there's been a, you know, discussion about whether the microwave is good or not since microwaves first came out. I will tell you, um, the only thing I can do in a microwave is heat things up. I have never been able to cook anything in the microwave. And I think that's probably what most people use a microwave for today um, is just to warm up food. It didn't really work to cook food um, from scratch. Um, But you know, it just um, mostly turns root food rubber whenever I've tried to cook anything or if I've overheated something, it turns it into rubber because uh, it does change the molecular structure. But it was a great idea for an experiment and uh, yet she wasn't able to compete further because of that. And I have her story um, in my book. So uh, that's just the gist of it. And, uh, you know, it's been some years now. So, um, you know, sometimes the details get a little bit fuzzy. But here's just some an overview of some great science fair project ideas. You know, the first is some kind of environmental type of thing. So you could talk about major indoor pollutants, you know, especially if you live in a city um, that has office buildings. Again, you have to remember that if you are doing a science fair and you are an older uh, student, so if you're in sixth grade and older, I know, how do you like that? I'm calling you old. Um, And yes, I highly recommend that you have your kids listen to this audio um, with you, parents, because this will help them a lot. Um, You look under uh, societyforscience.org, and you print out the ISEF handbook, and that's the International Science and Engineering Fair Association. Uh, you want to be able to, to look through that book and make sure that book has all of the the um, forms and everything you need to have signed before you begin your science fair projects. When do you start science fair? You start it in the summer. I'm not going to go through all of the dates again because I did that in the other audio. Um, However, it is very important uh, that you do it during the summer. Uh, The other is um, how can you, um, how can the concentration of air pollutants be lowered? Um, You know, and one of the ways uh, that has been found to uh, do that is using greenery. That's why a lot of indoor places have uh, plants um, in there. Um, What is the sick building syndrome? You know, there was a school uh, here in Fort Myers that was torn down uh, because it was making the children sick. And a lot of parents ended up homeschooling their kids uh, for a time. Because of that, um, their children were just getting so ill and they didn't know why. Um, And then they found out it was because of Uh, some of the uh, material that was used to build that school. Um, How about this one? Can you tell time using the moon? Um, You know, devising something that would help you do that. Um, What about the effects of video game violence on children or violence in songs? Um, What about, how about violence in the news? Um, How about the effect of pain and which gender handles it better? Um, I love this project, so I'm going to tell you about it. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. and we come back, I'm going to share with you one of the 
science fair projects I saw at a state convention one time and I thought was probably one of the best projects I've ever seen. Uh, So when we come back, uh, we'll discuss that. We'll be right back. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I want to introduce you to my publishing company, Media Angels. I have a heart for homeschool families, and since 1994, I have poured my efforts into creating curriculum to support teaching science, especially from a creationist worldview to the homeschool community. My curriculum was selected by Kathy Duffy and her 101 top homeschool picks. Another labor of love is a three-book novel series specifically for homeschoolers with a creation focus, the Truth Seekers Mystery Series that I co-authored with my daughter, Christina. Media Angels represents uncompromising quality, not only with books, but with an online homeschool convention and this ultimate homeschool radio network with amazing show hosts. Along with books, Media Angels has produced an American history and an American government video series, as well as a family Bible study, Homeschooling with Proverbs. It has been my pleasure to mentor countless homeschool families and missionaries worldwide. I also enjoy mentoring aspiring authors with one-on-one coaching and the Information in a Nutshell series. If we haven't met, please reach out. I'd love to help you on your homeschooling journey, or if you have a book, help you getting that into print. I can be found on social media and look forward to meeting you. You can reach me at MediaAngels.com. Thanks so much and hope to meet you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz, and uh, today we are talking about science fair projects. I'm really excited to talk to you about this today because it is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because my children have competed for many years. Uh, My uh, second oldest child is the one who really loves science fair and competed on the homeschool state uh, level and uh, regional and she won the state um, homeschool fair. She won the re- the local homeschool fair, and she placed uh, second that year um, in the regional homeschool fair or the regional fair, the, the uh, Edison um, fair, and also the um, the next year she placed third. So she really, really um, enjoyed doing it. And my other children uh, competed on the homeschool level and. Uh, didn't have enough um, enthusiasm to go on, uh, so not that their projects couldn't have. Um, it's just was not an area of interest. Uh, so I will tell you, if this is not an area of interest, uh, uh, one of the things I always say is it's easier to work um, in some area that you're really excited about rather than force your kids to do things um, that they uh, don't want to do. Uh, having said that, uh, one of my favorite things to hear are homeschool kids who don't want to do science fair projects. And then um, if they do go to uh, a Christian or public school, uh, then they are required to do one. And uh, I would always smile when one of my friends would say, I need that science fair book you wrote, uh, because my my daughter is going to do a project. So Before we went to break, um, which, by the way, you can find the show notes on Vintage Homeschool Moms, uh, look for Podcast 136. Uh, So the the question uh, was, um, the effect of pain, which gender handles it better? Uh, So I saw this at a state science fair, and um, I have to say this was before the error of uh, so many uh, documents that you need. So if you are using a person, you have to get um, 
a release. So that is in the um, International Science Fair uh, handbook that you can print out online. So uh, what did a student do? So the student got permission uh, from her teachers to go into classrooms, and uh, she asked the question, and she said this. Uh, She said, I am doing a science fair project, and it is going to require some pain. Um, I am not going to promise that it will not be painful. So I need volunteers, and the volunteer, um, if you do volunteer for my project, you will be able to get out of class. Do I have any volunteers? And so there were a show of hands, and uh, she counted up the number of students and gave um, the teacher a handout that the kids could sign up uh, to to do later and just left because she didn't have, um, obviously wasn't going to take up the whole class period uh, doing that. So um, she walked out and the teacher had the paper and passed it around and, you know, continued on with their lesson. Uh, She did this with over 500 students. So did she uh, do her due diligence? Did she do a a really good job? Yes, she did. Uh, Did she do all of the kids in the same grade? Yes, she did. I think it was, um, you know, all sixth graders. And her hypothesis was that um, women handle pain better than men. So did she torture (laughs) these poor students? No. Um, All she did was ask the question, would you volunteer for something that could possibly be painful? And she, um, her hypothesis was that, you know, that as I shared, that women um, would volunteer and men, there'd be less men, even if the carrot is to get out of class. And so um, she was right. So her hypothesis was correct, and when she wrote her conclusion, uh, she said it was an overwhelming, and she did a statistical analysis of her data, and I believe it was something like three to one. I just loved it because um, it just showed, I, I thought, um, you know, a really good uh perspective on um, doing a project without, um, you know, it had a lot of details. She did have to look at her variables. And if she had done, uh, let's say, a first, a third, and a fourth grade class, it wouldn't be as effective. So I thought that was really good. And, that you know, because of the amount of students, obviously, she went to a larger school. So it might be a little bit more difficult uh, to do that in the homeschool setting. Uh, but I thought it was really fun. Um, and homeschoolers can get permission uh, to do things at the local school. You just have to ask. And, and what is the worst they can say? No, right? Okay, um, you could design something. So it could be something that is a better kite, a better solar collector, a better way to uh, memorize facts. You could do something like, um, does music help when studying? Does music help for remembering facts? You know, do you remember those little jingles to the multiplication facts? Does that help? Or do do you know the ABCs or do you have to sing the ABC song? Um that is a really fascinating study, and it has to do with the brain, and it also has to do where music um, is stored. So that is something that your kids can research and learn a lot about uh, the brain and human anatomy in doing that. Um, do strategy games improve your memory? I know that my mother-in-law always does the crossword puzzle. Um, that would be a really interesting study to do um, in older people. How many people that do the crossword puzzle still every day have sharp memories? And her memory is pretty good. Um, more great ideas. Um, 
you know, have to do with, um, you know, making things better again? Uh, you know, for example, um, can you make a better stain remover? You know, what is an ant's favorite food? Um, a lot of things that you do, you you really just um, I don't know about the ants or a pest, you know, coming out with a better, um, you know, eliminator of roaches or something like that probably would not be a bad thing. But if you've had deaths um, in your science fair, I remembered um, in the past we had to have, you know, like a little death certificate written up. Uh, so that might be overwhelming if it's something like an ant and you're killing off a whole colony. Uh, probably not a good idea. Um, I know that that was one of my little kids' experiments that they wanted to do, and they put out salt and sugar and honey uh, to see which, um, you know, buy an ant colony to see which they would like better, and um, and they were surprised by the outcome of that. I won't tell you the answer. Um, what is plastic pollution? You know, um, I saw a activity, which is not an experiment, but you can make um, plastic out of milk. Um, You add vinegar to milk. It's really a cool experiment and the kids could have fun doing it, but that really isn't um, a science fair project um, per se. Um, In fact, they used to use milk to make plastic a long time ago, but they also um, put it in formaldehyde, something that is a poison and you do not want to do at home uh, to make it hard. So you could look at uh, that. Um, They recently did a study saying that pregnant women who drink out of uh, bottled water containers, that plastic has that PBA in it, and that could possibly make their unborn child obese. Uh, Very interesting, um, you know, thing that came up. Uh, So I don't know how that study came about or Um, You know, it is something the medical community is doing. Another great um, one I heard lately um, because of the International Fair, it's been on the news a lot um, because the International Fair has already uh, taken place in May. And if you listen to the other podcast, I talked about that and how much money was distributed. Um, But one of the really uh, cool experiments that did place um, was one of a young man. Uh, You know that there have been airplanes that have gone down. So he came up with a very inexpensive way to record an airplane's um, flight pattern. So apparently... um, They already have one, um, but it would be live streaming, and it's very, very expensive to continuously stream the data using satellites and having it, um, you know, continuously stream, and so it's like a live feed. Uh, So they haven't done it because it's very expensive, but this young man, um, it took $500, and he was able to create this, and um, it, it doesn't stream, it just records. And it's, um, you know, in a box that that uh, I don't know ex- exactly all about it. And it's probably something you can research online. But I thought it was phenomenal that he took a problem that is happening today. And that is airplanes are going missing with no evidence. And he was able to come up with something uh, that would, um, you know, really help. And I believe that um, he it was the actual footage is stored somewhere, but it wasn't live. And I think the live feed is why it's it gets very expensive. So I thought that was phenomenal. Um, 
what is the effect of lighting? You know, have you ever gone into a place and uh, the fluorescent lighting is flickering? Uh, I know that people who have, um, you know, have uh, issues um, with um, like epilepsy, that that could trigger an epileptic um you know, episode. So that has to do with our brain waves and the light. And, you know, that would be something uh, to talk about, you know, um, how important that is. What about protection during a storm? What about um, rain as a vehicle of pollution and contamination? You know, how could you test that? What is the effect of sleep on concentration and memory? Uh, do you know that sleep is very instrumental um, in weight loss and weight gain? Uh, that people that have sleep apnea where they stop breathing at night, they have a really hard time losing weight because their body goes into starvation mode. Uh, and so that's an interesting study. Uh, there's some things that are that you can do with plants. I'm really hesitant. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you some of these anyway because they could be fun to do. Um, but these would be very difficult to place um, on a science fair. I have seen this one project since I was a kid in grade school, okay? Um, what is the effect of music on a plant? Does a plant grow faster with uh, classical music or with hard rock? You know, and, and the answer is very obvious there. But it seems like every year somebody did that project. Um, does colored light have an effect on the growth of plants? Um, what about improving on uh, nutrients for plants, you know, or um, looking at what the nutrient level is for a specific plant and uh, tweaking that or adding something to that nutrient to see if that helps the plant grow better. Or maybe using some kind of organic compound uh, for that plant. So a lot of things you can do. Again, uh, you have to make sure that you have uh, some things in place so that it could be recreated. And also that you, if you make a mistake, you'll know where you messed up. And remember, in science fairs, um, there are no failed experiments. There are just experiments that you know uh, that did not fulfill your question or uh, your hypothesis. So hopefully that has helped give you or jumpstart you with some ideas. If you go to the podcast show page on episode 136 um, on com, I have more links to some great uh, websites that are, you know, have a lot of ideas. And just to not necessarily to copy, um, you know, and not to copy is more like it, but just to jumpstart your idea. Because you know what? You can improve on someone else's project. You can make it better. You can make it your own. So I just pray that uh, you have great success with your science fair. I urge you to get a copy of Insider's Guide to Successful Science Fair Projects. Uh, That is available as a download. You can just download it on your tablet or phone or computer. Um, And uh, that is a great tool for you, especially if you're getting started and it has some great ideas for science fair projects. Mostly it talks about timeline Uh, getting yourself organized, and giving you information to be successful. Take care, God bless, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.